Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. So, good morning. My name is Gabby. I'm the worship director here. I'm super excited to bring the word this morning. And uh, we have been in this series, Faith to Make a Difference. It's on the screen. And I'm going to do like the quickest recap you've ever seen. All right, you ready for this? I, I, told, <laughs> I told Brandon in the back, I said, you got to be ready. Boom, boom, boom. So here we go. The first week, we did everything you need for life and godliness, right? Second week, we did hearing God, right? Third week, walking in freedom. Fourth week, utilizing repentance, how that works in your life. Fifth week, oh, okay, I see you, Brandon. Discovering purpose. <laughs> Sixth week, using your spiritual gifts. And now we're going to talk about making a difference. So I'm so excited. Dalton and I, your kids pastor and your small groups director, we're going to tag team this. And there's two parts to it. So I'm excited to kind of like head up the front end on making a difference. And he's going to, you know, I'm going to tag him in and he's going to do the back end. And I'm going to explain more about that later because it is significant. So why all these things up here are important and why I even want to recap them really quickly is because it all leads into this last part of the series and it's called Making a Difference. And, you know, there's so many uh, connotations, excuse me, things we think about when someone says, hey, are you making a difference? Hey, I want to make a difference. I feel like that gets thrown around a lot, right? But when you're a kingdom kid, I call us kingdom kiddos, you know what I mean? When we're kingdom kids, it's different for us. You can't just, you know, well, you could. But the reality is, is now you're aligned with the Lord, and he has very great plans for you. Like, if I could just say it like that. I mean, it's bigger than what I could ever say. But he has plans for you that might not always align with how the world sees you or the plans that you have for yourself. So it is hugely important to the Lord that we make a difference with him. And it's all throughout scripture, and we're going to talk about that today. And to be honest, there's a desire in us to be great. You can ignore it. You can try to run from it. I do. I'm like, Lord, I don't want this desire. I have this like innate desire to be great. It's different for all of us, right? I'm a musician, and I'm an artist, so like I can oftentimes struggle with this temptation, right, to, to want to find that greatness on my own constantly, Oh, you know, Lord, if I just go on this tour or do this advertisement or whatever, like it's always another thing, right? I can make this happen in my own, but it all falls short. It never works. And to be honest, it's all in vain if I do do it in my own power. So I, I really want to talk about that today. Making a difference can oftentimes feel like a paradox. And what I mean by that, it can feel like it's conflicting, but it really isn't. It goes hand in hand. So what I'm trying to say here, and we'll get into James 2, where actually James talks about this. Making a difference, well, here's a good example, right? I have a lot of girlfriends right now. They're dating. I'm engaged, so I just came out of that process, but still in it. It's like, it can be a swirl sometimes. You're just trying to like figure it out. You're like, what do I do? Do I say this? Do I do this? Some of my girlfriends are like, I'm just going to wait on the Lord. I'm not going to do anything. Like hands in pockets. And then some of them are like, I'm on the dating app. Which one are you on? Are you on Tinder? Are you on Bumble? How do you approach this? What do you say? And I'm like, okay. But like, which one is right? Right? Which one? I mean, y'all are live. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, I don't know, girl. Don't, don't look at me. I think they're both right. Ooh, that's where it gets like, uh-oh, what are we talking about? Yeah, and I preach this to my girlfriends, like, and they're tired of me, so I'm glad they're not here, but they're like, yeah, we don't want to hear it, okay? <laughs> 
But they're both right. You should wait on the Lord. Maybe your perception of waiting on him is wrong, but you should also step out and act. So let's go to James 2. Can you put that up there? James actually talks about this. Super dope. I love how James talks about this because I think this is the paradox a lot of us, maybe we're not in the dating season, most of us are not, I see you with kids, probably not dating, but you should date your spouse, amen, but you know, some of us have other things in life that we're challenged with, yeah, don't go home and be like, we're having a car conversation, because Gabby said, Gabby said, you don't date me anymore, I never said that, okay, if you feel convicted, that's the Holy Spirit, and you, amen, okay, but today I want to talk about, there's probably something, if not many things in your life, where it's easy to, I'm going to wait on him, or I'm going to do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy that house all on my own. I'm going to just wait till the Lord gives me the perfect time and all the money I need. Mm, Might not happen that way. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm trying to have a child. I'm going to do that all on my own. I'm going to do all the knowledge, all the Instagram. I'm going to follow everyone on Instagram. I'm going to Google search the heck out of the internet. I'm going to do it all on my own, all the doctors, all of it, all all, all of it. (laughs) Or I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to pray, but that's it, right? I bet you you can have a situation if you just, like, took a moment in your mind where you're like, yeah, I could go that way on this situation or that situation. So James 2, let's talk about it. James is talking exactly about this. He's talking about what making a difference looks like, what faith really looks like, and that's what I want to get into today. It's funny because I feel like, I love little kids for this one reason, right? You can ask them a question that all of us adults oftentimes will be like, yeah, I know what that is. Sure. And then, like, you ask us to explain it, and we're like, "Mm, I really don't know. And I think one thing we oftentimes will, will think to ourselves, I get faith. I have it. Faith is small as mustard seed. I feel like I got it. I got faith. Of course I have faith. Jesus, you know, he died. He rose. Faith, right? And, yeah, that is that's something to it. There's something to all that. But right here, James is talking about a different kind of faith that like acts, that like moves, that makes things happen. You know what I mean? And so it's a little bit more to it. I don't feel like it's complex. Like, let's not take it too far, but there's more to it, right? Let's read this. So he's talking about that. And that's the context of this. And then we're here on verse 14. And he says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works. Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, meaning you don't do anything about it, without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Whew, y'all, that's weighty. So I want to talk about that today. Um, I want to talk about how faith plus action equals making a difference. I want to simplify this for us. And to be honest, I felt the weight of the Lord and I came up here crying like a baby because I need this. I can't tell you I execute this perfectly. I am a racehorse in the natural. Like, and that's not what I'm called to be, you know? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not called to be a racehorse without the Lord's help, you know? I will steam forth ahead of the Lord, try to build my empire. My biggest idol in my life is me. I'm just being 100% transparent, you know what I mean? So I have to come to the Lord constantly repenting, number one, and constantly asking for help, number two, which I think both are great, but 
I have to be honest with myself, and I felt the weight of that this morning. Like, how am I going to get up here and preach this, Lord, when I can't even execute this well? You know what I mean? So I'm in this with y'all. I feel like the Lord is preaching this to us this morning. This is not me speaking to you. Like, I should be in, in the seat with you today. But I want to talk about how making a difference is a dance, all right? So can you go ahead and put up that slide, Brandon? When I was, uh, I was uh, praying earlier this week, this is, uh, what's his name, Hannah? Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Bless him. He is so funny to me. I don't know if y'all have ever seen this movie, um, and this is the only scene I want to talk about, so we're not going to go into the depth of the movie, all right? But when I was thinking about this, this visual came to my mind. Having faith in making a difference is a dance. And uh, Lumiere, right? Is that his name? Sorry, I just want to make sure I'm saying it right. In the scene, he was like dancing around, and I think he had plates, right? And he was like going up to people, and he was like, be my guest, be my guest. I would love to be your guest. Y'all know. See, okay, yeah. And I feel like our making a difference is a dance like that with the Lord. Like, let's say the Lord is over here, and whatever he's called us to is over here. And I just feel like the Lord is like, yeah, it's a dance. Like, you come over here and say, be my guest. Lord, what do you want? I will do it. What do they need? Lord, what do you want? What do they need? I don't know however it goes, but I really feel like that is exactly what we're called to do in the natural when it comes to executing, making a difference right here in the scripture. And so this is the visual I got. And uh, where I lack, I'm like, this is how a lot of my pursuits start. Be my guest, Lord. What do you have to say? All right, great. I'll see you later. Be my guest. And I'm like partying over here. And he's like, hello, I got more, like, I have more of the plan I want to bestow upon you, I have more things to say, I need you to abide in me, so I want to get into how do we do this dance, but before we do, I want to talk about what faith really is, the word faith in this scripture, like, because I think if we don't know what something is, it's hard to, like, really do the dance with it, right? Okay, so really quickly, I want to dig into why you even need faith. You know, if I was uh, listening right now, I'd be like, well, that's great, Gabby. But like, I mean, I gave a dollar to the guy on the side of the street. Like, that made a difference. Don't care. You know, I'm just like that personally. So I'm always like, let's dig deeper. So faith is really important because in Luke 18, 8, I don't have a, a slide for this, but um, it says, it's basically talking about the end times a little bit. And it's talking about Jesus and his real desire. And Jesus' desire, he says in Luke 18, 8, he says, will the son of man find faith on the earth? It's really important to him. And Jesus, if we're modeling our lives after him, made it a huge, huge priority to go to the Father daily, this is also in scripture, and then go forth and make a difference, right? He didn't just get all of that revelation in one sitting and then go on and never check back in. His disciples would be looking for him, and they would say, where is our Lord? Where is the Son of Man? Like, we're looking for him. They're like, oh, he's up on the mountain, like, praying, you know? Like, he's doing his part and getting the faith that he needs. So that is huge. So let's dig deeper really quickly. I want to hear something from you guys. I know this is not the norm, but what is faith to you? Just throw out some words, like... What is faith? Trust. I won't look. Just throw it out. Teacher's not looking. What else? Ooh, that's good. Believing something's going to happen before it happens. Okay. Believing something's going to happen before it happens. What else? Anybody? Currency. Ooh. 
that's deep. <laughs> currency. It is currency in the kingdom. I hear you. Anybody else? Anything? Hope, loyalty. Okay. Anything else? Oh, peace and rest. Ooh, I love rest. That's what my name means, actually. Gabriel Marte. Marte means rest. Okay. I love it. Those were great answers. So let's put up the Greek that comes from this chapter in James, right? So the word faith is actually uh, pronounced, I, I could have this wrong because I speak English, not Greek, but pistis or pistis. Um, the conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. This, guys, this is important to Jesus, that everything we do as one with him, as his body, we're the body of Christ, right, is done in faith. He wants us to walk in conviction that he, God, exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. And if this is true, that means he created me, he created you, he created my Muslim friend I'm going to talk to, he created this day, he created, here we go, this is going to be a little controversial, he created your dreams. Ooh, I feel like the Holy Spirit because that's my biggest struggle, that's where I'm weak. I can believe Jesus rose, you know, died and rose all day, I can believe he made you, he made me. He made this day, but when it comes to this dream that has been haunting me, well, not haunting me, I guess, but like with me for like over 15 years or whatever, and I pray, Lord, take it away. It's still there. Lord, I don't want this. I'd rather be a doctor. Lord, I don't want to be a musician. I'd rather be a doctor. You know what I mean? It's still here. So if I have this thing and it exists, it's in me. He made it. I mean, that's, that's what the scripture is saying. That's what that word meant when James used it. So let's dig deeper. Some of you, maybe you already have that. But my question is, and this is my own question to myself. If you have faith, faith in the Bible, and I'll read the scripture real quick. Is it in there, Brandon, Luke 6.45? Luke 6.45 says, I'm going to just really land on this yellow part right here. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You take an action. Out of the abundance of what's in your heart, you take a step. You do something. If this is true and you have faith and you're not doing something, my question to you is, do you really have faith? I mean, I, have to, I am asking myself the same thing. That's why the weight is so on me today. My biggest thing is, you know, I've really drugged my feet with my own personal artistry as a musician. And um, the reality is, is everyone around me believes I'm called to it. But then I look in the mirror and I'm like, but Gab, you don't believe you're called to it. Oh, the weight of that. I mean, I do it, but I don't do it with the power he's called me to do it. I don't walk in it like he's called me to walk in it. And I just feel like, well, there's a lot of feelings, so we're not going to go there. But, like, the reality is, and this is what convicts me and keeps me in the game. Can I be honest? And this is not in my notes. But I'm, I'm not scared of standing before the Lord, but I have a weighty fear. You know what I mean? Like, I had a good basketball coach once. His name was uh, John Givens. I played for him. I wasn't scared of John, but I knew if I didn't do my, my job, John would come to me. And talk to me. I didn't really, I had like this healthy fear of like, I'm going to do what John says to do because I fear John a little bit. Like, 
I'm not scared of him. We have a good relationship. We were close. But I just didn't want to have, I had that healthy dad fear. I have that healthy fear with the Lord. I don't want to stand in front of him at the end of my life or on judgment day and have him ask me, Gab, I gave you that music artistry dream to go forth and be a messenger through music and preach my gospel. And you drug your feet. What's good? Like, what happened? I really don't want to have that conversation. I want him to be like, yo, you crushed it. Well done. Like, come on in. Let's party. There's some grapes on the table. That's really the conversation I want to have. I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to have to backtrack. Like, and so this is important. This is important. If you are not taking action, you have to be real with yourself. Do I have faith? And if the answer is, you know, I'm not sure, well, that's where I'm here to help. You know, the Lord gave me this. So one thing I want to say, I think it's really easy to be like in our, in our general church setting, not necessarily Glory Church, but just as a Christian, oh, they're not doing anything because they're lazy, right? I mean, you know, I see this problem. Why isn't anyone doing anything? Well, it's probably because people around the problem are just lazy or they're selfish, it's really easy for us to kind of blame all of that. But I want to say most often our lack of taking action or making that difference is not because we're lazy, but because we don't believe. We don't have faith that for that thing. So let's go deeper here. I keep saying that, but let's really do it. So let's go ahead and dive in. I want to talk about cultivating faith. So if, you know, all this talk that I'm doing right now and you're like, man, I am, I'm not taking an action. Like maybe I'm called to start a business or, and maybe it's not that. Like not, let's be honest, not everyone is an entrepreneur. I know that's like a, a really cool thing to be right now in our culture, but like a lot of us aren't called to that. And here's, here's the deal about that. That's cool. That's fine. You could be called to like help the kids in your neighborhood figure out how to, to raise themselves because their parents aren't there. You could be called to speak out with your coworker. You could be called to, you know, clean up after your own family. Like, the callings for each of us, so different, right? And most often, our inaction has nothing to do with, you know, us being lazy. It's really easy to patch the problem with that. But it's just you don't understand what you should, the belief for that thing. You don't have faith in your heart that you should execute that because you don't understand it. Does that make sense? You, are you guys following me? Okay. So here's what I want to dive into today and where we're going to land. I really want to talk about how to cultivate faith to make a difference. And I learned this when I was young. So this is not me coming up with like some kind of method. I learned this when I was young from my youth pastor. This guy back in California where I was born and raised, he gave me this and it never left me. And people would say to me as I got older and I was, it was such a simple thing that I was doing. I um, would like end up doing things with the Lord's help and people would be like, how did you get the faith for that? And uh, I would be like, well, I just like did this one thing. So here it is. All right. First off, I want to make this um Make the foundation clear. This is in scripture. So this isn't, you know, Gabby out here just trying to give you a, a, an alcoholic plan or something like AA plan. Um, no, this is like for real what the Lord preaches. So Romans ten seventeen. This is really about the gospel going forth and being preached, people hearing it. But this is what is said. He says in this chapter, he goes, faith to believe, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Guys, I have good news for you, which is the gospel. Good news, right? 
everything the Lord has said is in here. I mean, the relief is amazing when you realize I don't have to go searching for something very specific to cultivate my faith. It's like in here, right? So let's dig deeper, even deeper. We're going deep today, okay? I want to give you practical steps on how to cultivate faith for what the Lord is calling you to, right? You know it. That's the thing. I love when people, um, I get asked all the time by like friends and stuff, like, how will I know this one thing, especially with like girls who are dating, right? My girlfriends who are dating. Some girl, actually, I made friends with her in the coffee shop. She goes, Gabby, how do I know who should be my husband? I said, I looked at her, I said, girl, you know the Lord. His inner witness in you would absolutely let you know if it was not or he was not for you. I'm, I've had that siren go off on the inner, the inner being of myself all the time. Like I'm dating someone, it was cool the first two dates, and then you just wake up and you're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Like it's just an inner witness, and that's what the Bible says in Isaiah. So you know what you're called to. I really deeply believe that. And if you're a little confused, I promise you, you read this word, it'll wash you, and you will definitely know. And there's some things that we're all called to, right? We're all called to go make disciples. So my music dream, Gab, you're called to be a messenger through music. Oh, I don't really know. I, I doubt. I don't have the faith for that. Well, he says it. Jesus says it. Go forth and make disciples of all nations. Why are you still doubting? Go. All right? So, guys, here's the practical steps to cultivating faith. You ready? The first one, acknowledge where you're called to make a difference. I love that it spells mad. Make a difference. You know, I think we're all called to, like Pastor Greg was saying last Sunday, like, with our spiritual gifts, we're all called to build the church. That's in the scripture. So if you really don't know, now's the time for you to go do some research right here. And then you need to go figure out in your heart that dream that won't leave you alone. Like, does it relate to this? Or do I need to pray that the Lord takes it from me? Right? So one thing, like just to decipher, like God gave me a dream to be a messenger through music and media. I love media. He did not give me the dream to go take that and, like, build my own empire and become famous. Now, have I wrestled with that? Yeah, absolutely. But with good counsel and being in community, right, Paul says, don't forsake the fellowship of the saints and reading the word. God puts me in check constantly. So when I'm spending too much time on Instagram and, you know, worried about how many reels I post in a week, which is so dumb, the Lord is like, and I check in, do a morning devotion, go to church, I'm in a Bible study. It just naturally, the Lord corrects me. And that's the beauty of, of being in community and reading the word. So acknowledge the calling you have or um, the situation you're called to take action in. Number two, like I was kind of already saying, what does the Bible say about it? And please, when you're looking to see what the Bible has to say about it, please, I beg you, take it in context. Man, I've had some people come to me and say, hey, and speak to my life. This is what you're called to. This is what you're not called to. And they take the Bible or a prophetic word out of context. And it is so damaging. Like, I have been told that I'm called to do some crazy things. Like, and I'm just like, I'm so glad the Lord raised me up in his word with great shepherders and, and just like people who want to run with me. Because I was able to say, well, that's not in context of what the word is saying. So what does the Bible say about it? Take it in context, please. Number two, or three, excuse me. What is God saying to you individually? 
I would be amiss to only say that God speaks through this. I know that's controversial, but why would Jesus give us a Holy Spirit if he's just going to sit there and do, 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 like, no, he's speaking. I mean, that's the difference between my God and another God. That's the difference between my God and the Muslim God or, you know, the Hindu gods and the Greek gods. My God's alive. And I know that is not a happy thought for our culture, but I, hello, it's, I, mean, I don't want to be here if that's not true. I, all this is worthless if that's not true. If my God is dead, Jesus died and rose again, went to the Father to sit on a throne, and he said before he left, I'm leaving with you my spirit. Man, if that's not true, let's go home. Like, this is dumb, but it's true. So the Lord can speak to you. It's called a rhema word right? And so the rhema word has to be paired with, I mean, I got to be honest here. If you don't read the Bible and keep this in front of you constantly, you can hear other voices and think that's God and then go run off and go do some crazy stuff. So I'm constantly like, root, root your life in, in the literal written word, which, you know, back in their day was only spoken. And then we wrote it down so we can massively produce it, right? So, you know, Root your life in the words that we have recorded of Jesus and the the people the Lord has worked through. But here's some good news for you, and it's kind of crazy and fun and a holy responsibility. The Lord wants to work through you. He wants to work through me. Will we have it all figured out? No, (laughs) absolutely not. Like, don't get it twisted. But sometimes you'll have something drop into your heart that is from the Lord, a word from the Lord. You know, I've, I've been blessed to prophesy over people. And here's the thing. I've also made mistakes and had to be like, I thought that was God. But I made a mistake. But here's what keeps that grounded, right? Well, what if I make a mistake, Gabby? What if I hear something that's not the Lord? Well, you're reading your Bible, right? He'll always correct you. He's a faithful God. Faithful enough to not let you fall off a cliff somewhere with your thinking, with your actions, with your calling. He'll direct you. He'll correct you. That's goodness, you know? I remember, you know, growing up, I used to love hot stuff as a child. I remember walking up to the stove, just ready, and my dad goes, ah, grab my hand and swung me back, and I was like, whoa, that hurt. Well, something else was about to hurt if I didn't get you, and I said, wow, that's the correction of a father. Like, my dad did that so many times in my childhood. I've almost been ran over all the things. I'm so grateful for that. The Lord, all the more, he can do it. He can correct us and keep us rooted. And lastly, go ahead and put that up there. This is what makes the difference um, in your life when it comes to helping you make the difference is once you know what the Lord says about your calling, we're humans, right? I have this now like embedded reality and like uh, just knowing in me that I'm a human and I can authentically just like have spiritual amnesia. Like, God did this amazing thing a year ago, brought me out of this crazy place. I go on. I don't remind myself about it. And then a year later, I'm like, God, where are you? You don't love me. What's going on? Uh Uh-huh. Some of y'all are like, yeah, I know. Yeah. So that's why he writes in Joshua 1.8, he says, meditate on that truth day and night. I mean, actually, this is what people in Jesus' day did. We think it's a little funny, right? Like all the songs and psalms and then, you know, the way that a lot of Hebrews or, you know, people in Israel, they're like at the the weeping wall and they're shaking back and forth and they're looking at a scripture, you know, and they're doing that. 
And they're saying it over and over again, over and over again. We're like, that's a little weird. But is it? I mean, it's not. They're meditating on the word day and night. And if you read this, it says, then you'll be made prosperous and successful. You think, I mean, I'm not saying you, but like a lot of us think we need a 10-step plan to get to where God wants us to go. Or we need to consult the best financial men. We need to do that. And if the Lord leads you to do that, I mean, you better do it, right? But he's saying, Joshua 1.8, meditate on the word day and night, and then you will be made prosperous and successful. That's a huge promise. So we need to meditate on, you know, the fact that Jesus died, rose again, all of that for sure. That is so important. That's like the basis, like the foundation of our faith. But when he tells you, whether it's through word, maybe someone prophesied over you, or you just have this dream that you can't shake, and then you can like see the roots of it in his scripture and his words. He says, meditate on that day and night, and I will make you prosperous and successful. It's not just for you. Here's the news, and this might free some of us today. When you realize it's not just for you, but he wants to get the glory out of it, he wants to call people to him, his kingdom, through you. And I tell you the truth, some of the weirdest things I've ever done in my life or like the most embarrassing moments were the ones that the Lord used and I was being faithful in that moment and I felt crazy afterwards, which sometimes happens, but he brought so many people to faith through that. And I'm like, really? It is the craziest thing. You just don't know sometimes how grand he is going to move through the calling that he has on your life. So I want to make this even more practical. I'm going to just tell a story, and then we'll pray, and we'll wrap up. But one of the biggest areas I knew from a long time ago when I was, like, probably a sophomore in high school, I was um, in a worship session, and the Lord told me, and I mean, I've had a dream of doing music for, like, so long, like, since I was, like, eight years old. I've always wanted, I love Britney Spears. I mean, I don't follow her now because she's gone through a lot. And bless her, free Britney. But, like, you know, I just, I try to, like, leave a lot of, y'all know, if you know, you know. But, like, you know, I, I, I just try to, like, narrow my focus on the Lord. You know what I mean? I can't follow. For me, I'm sensitive to that stuff, so I got to be careful. But I had that dream, but this one time I'm in, you know, in church. I'm a sophomore, and the Lord ministered to me, and I, I had this, like, hearing in my mind, like a thought pop up. And the thought was, your greatest ministry will be financial giving. And I was like, ew, I want the music, Lord. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I mean, that's cool, but that meant nothing to me. Like, I wasn't working. I had never had a job. I was like, that's really great. I don't care. That's, but what about the music? <laughs> and, um, and he said, my most effective ministry would be talking. And I was like, Lord, once again, not what I was going for here. And um, so, you know, that never left me, but I start living out my life. And where was my biggest struggling point? Imagine finances growing up, like I was absolutely horrible, still have moments <laughs> where I just was horrible with money. I was never raised on how to manage money. I love my parents, but they just didn't think to teach us that. And then the Lord call called me into running my own business and being an entrepreneur. I was struggling. And I knew without a doubt, Joshua 1.8, what am I meditating on to have faith that this could be better? Because I am just like tumbling down this path that is just... Bad move after bad move after bad move. Lord, what are you saying about this? And so, you know, good old Gabby, I'm thorough, as you can tell. 
I went through the word. I looked at every financial scripture. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, all right? Like, not all of us are called to be millionaires that have jets. I don't believe I'm called to have a jet. You know what I mean? But, you know, you got to get it in your heart what it is for you. And I knew I was meant to build the kingdom through finances. And it's probably because I don't care about them like that. Like, I've been on the road as a musician with $20 in my bank account. Just like, let's keep going. Like, but I was like, Lord, I'm going to look through the word and find everything you've said about money. And, you know, I'm a youth group kid. That's where I I got saved. I got my little note cards out. I put all my, my scriptures on these note cards. And I heard a pastor say one time, you know, that he would get up, and I don't know why I took this on, but he would get up every morning and he would meditate on scriptures that he knew he needed to have faith in certain areas of his life, and then he would pray, pray them out. And so legitimately, this is me, you know, I got my little thing, and this is me at my mom's house. I was like 16, knowing that I was really bad with money, and like I was called to this all of a sudden, so like, let me find one. Uh, I'd be like, Deuteronomy 18 in the morning. My mom was so mad, like, could you please, like, just be quiet in the mornings. But I was like, nope, I got to get with the Lord. I got things to do. I got to make a difference, mom. And so I'd be like, Deuteronomy 8.18, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to you and your forefathers as it is today. And I, if I felt like I missed it because I was tired, I'd just do it again. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8.18, and then I would read it. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And I would actually do this. I'm letting y'all into my, all my business right now. I'd be like, Lord, I thank you that I remember you, for it is you who gives me the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms your covenant, which you swore to your forefathers as it is today. I would say that, and I'd be like, all right, done, next one. I started with like three cards, all right? Like, so I know I have a few up here. And to be honest, I haven't been doing this. That's why I feel so convicted. But I I saw the most fruit in my life making a difference when I could change the foundation of what I believed, my faith. And it became what he believed. And then, so a lot of, I can like, now since when someone's off with their money thinking and they're a Christian, right? Because our, our thinking should come from him, right? And so when they say that, I even got this crazy, y'all, all right? And I say this because I think this is where we need to be as a body, and I need to get back to that. So I'm preaching to all of us today. So people would say, I hate this. We can't do it, uh, or we can't go to the movies tonight because we're broke. The Lord convicted me. Gab, you better never... <laughs> He didn't say it like that, but he was like, don't say that. And I felt the weight of that because, you know, out of the mouth or out of the heart, your mouth speaks. So people are speaking what they believe constantly. If you want to know what someone believes, just listen to them. I don't need to ask you 50 questions. I'll let you just talk about yourself. Oh, where are you from? Okay, how's life been? I get to know exactly what you believe probably in the matter of like 15 minutes, let's be honest. And of course, there's more to it, but like for most of us, yeah. So a lot of my friends, as I was getting older, as going into college, I'd be like, hey, you want to go to the movies? No, we can't go because we're broke. And uh, sometimes they would speak for me. I'd be like, I'm not broke, like even though I kind of was. Like I was putting forth my faith, right? You said faith is seen before you see. Like it is seen before you have. And so I began naturally reinventing and rebuilding the foundation of faith in my life with something simple. It's always simple, guys. If someone convinces you, that having faith in Jesus is like a 10-step process and you must do this and that, just rethink it. It's probably not so. It's simple. Meditate on the word day and night. And then naturally, 
out of what you begin to build your faith, your heart with, which is where faith resides, all your actions will flow. You don't have to be worried. And, and that's why, you know, I'm like, Lord, I'm so weak. And he definitely uses our weakness. But I remember there was a time in my life where I was doing this consistently. And if somebody asked me about the gospel or about like a Muslim friend wanted to talk about it, because I went to Boston U. Oh, man, it's a crazy little melting pot of a lot of different cultures. I got pulled into a lot of rooms, a lot of dinners where people wanted to say, what do you believe and why? Because I knew I was a Christian. And they wanted to tear me to shreds. It wasn't with a positive motive. Because they wanted to just like, a lot of people think our faith is stupid. They wanted to tear me to shreds. And because I had this, and to be honest, in that season, I had a dire, like, Jesus, I need you because these girls are coming after me. Like, I need you to put inside of me a strong, vigorous, fiery faith that I won't shrink back. And I started meditating on the word day and night so I could be prosperous and successful in that. And naturally, when I had those conversations, these scriptures would pop up in me. Or I had read Luke that morning or, or John, and it would just come up out of me. People would ask me questions I was like in the natural, like, I don't know. But in those moments, the Holy Spirit would be like, boop. And I'd be like, well, actually, there's this like crazy thought in me. And it wasn't crazy. It was the Lord. And they would be like, that's, we weren't expecting that. Or how about this, even more simple, when you're at home, right, and you know that you're called to cultivate a family, and uh, I really experienced this at a young age, your brothers are fighting with you, your wife or your husband, you're in a, a disagreement, and you so badly know that they are partnered not with truth, and you want to just say what you have to say, or you're just feeling some kind of way, you got a lot to say, and then you just wish you could drop a bomb, but you know, the Bible says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, and you've been meditating on that because you know anger is your problem or whatever, and then all of a sudden you go to say something and you're like, oh, that scripture is just tearing me down, man, and you shut your mouth, and it heals the situation. That is making a difference. I mean, there's all different levels to this, and we are amiss as a body to think that my calling is better than your calling, or your calling is better than my calling, we need every piece, every person. And that's why I'm here today, because the Lord, I just really believe, he is saying, I need you. I know life might be tough. I know you might be hurt. But I have such a desire to use you, and I hate the word used, because, you know, when we say, oh, I used, you know, Greg or whatever, it sounds so badly connotated with evil, right? I did it for my own good and my own power. But God, I really believe the way he uses the word use is I want to partner with you. I really want to partner with you. Lay your dreams in front of me. Let me fill you with faith. Let me make a difference through you. Because after all, we all have that innate feeling, that innate desire to be great. Everybody. Whether you're called to be a beauty blogger or called to... Why, what's funny about that? I'm just kidding. It's a real career, all right? <laughs> the Lord could use you through any of that, by the way. Uh, or someone that's on the golf course, like, serving people their drinks. He uses it all. And you best believe 
that people can see Jesus through you. And he will bring opportunities because he's alive, remember? It's not just, you know, be my guest. Bye, God. i see you later. Cool. It's, it's a back and forth. He's alive. He wants to do this with us. It's a partnership. He has moments set up. He has conversations set up. That's how, you know, me, I'm like, what about the music, Lord? And he's like, actually, I'm sending you to Dallas to talk to your Muslim friend. Uh, okay. <laughs> His moments set up. But here's the thing. We just don't believe. So we just kind of get tunnel focus. I can speak for myself. I get tunnel focus. Or I believe just this one thing is profitable to God. It means something to him. And we get tunnel focus. Right, it's really easy to believe. To believe, excuse me, that only my worship director position is comfortable, or um, not comfortable, but going to return for God, and then go on through life and just neglect everything else. That's deception, man. And the enemy would love to see you tunnel focused, not believing in the little desires and the dreams and the ideas that God is giving you. So, worship team, you can come up. I really believe that the Lord is speaking to this subject today because some of us are a little stagnant. Some of us don't believe, like I've said five million times, and I think today is the day that we can get back on the believing train. So before we end, I want you to just close your eyes, and we'll do communion after this. Close your eyes and think to yourself, ask the Lord into this. Ask the Lord, where am I not taking action? Where am I failing to make a difference? And he'll definitely undergird you in terms of that failure. He will help you. But where are you not taking action? And let's ask him, this morning, what's the root of that? Like, what don't you really believe behind that? And it might go way beyond. It might go really beyond today. It might be a conversation that is longer than a moment right now. But I think it's really easy to go day after day neglecting what he's calling you to do, which is, you know, when you're with him and you begin to align with him, which we'll do through communion right now, I think, I know that your dreams and desires align with his naturally. It's how it's supposed to happen. And if you go day after day thinking that the only way for you to do something righteous, do something that brings glory to God, looks very churchy, like it has to be only here, you preaching, singing a worship song, listening to whatever worship band, you're going to really miss it. God is in everything. He wants to touch everyone. He wants his spirit to go forth everywhere. That's the mandate. Go forth, make disciples of all nations. And it doesn't have to be preaching. It could be you showing up to what you're called to do every single day. And it doesn't have to be big. And if it is big, he'll help you. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.